My friends, my friends, this episode of Very Famous Movie Podcast contains many a spoiler for Bo is Afraid. You have been warned. Doctor, come on, what, what? Always do the right thing. Get away from her, you bitch! <laughs> Shit just got real. Better alive, you are coming with me. Samsonite! That was way off. Welcome to Very Famous Movie Podcast. I'm Sean Robb. I'm John Valley. And I am Robert Jordan Hunt. And you better stuff your disembodied penis back into the attic where it belongs, because this week we're talking Bo is Afraid. That's right. One of the most anticipated films of 2023 has been birthed into a theater near you. Bo is a scared from Mr. Big Shot himself, Ari Aster. We'll go over. Movie scared. Yeah. We're going to go over our thoughts on the movie, but first, Jordan is going to uh, explain to us what the f*** Bo is so afraid of. Oh, yes. Well, it's all very simple. Uh, A mild-mannered but anxiety-ridden man confronts his darkest fears as he embarks on an epic Kafka-esque odyssey back home to mommy. Yes, so it's really simple. It's just that simple. Yeah. It's a very easy to digest film. Quick three hours. I don't see what all the it's all there. conversations about. It's all it's, there. It's just like a brisk three hours. <laughs> and then, you know, at the end, everything's wrapped up perfectly and you can go home. I felt safe uh, when it was over. Feeling. Yeah. Every question yeah. will be answered. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, we are being coy. Uh, Jordan, Four Eyes, what did you think of this much much divisive, divisitated movie. Divisitated yeah. movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's right. You know, at the moment, I, I really don't know how I feel about this movie. I thought I was ready for anything. Um, I, I, was, I, I knew I wasn't going to get anything easy or any easy answers, but I don't know. I wasn't as confounded by it as I thought it was. I wasn't as enthralled by it. I wasn't even as confused by it as I thought I'd be. And I'm really... I don't know. I don't know. I'm a little confused and afraid. Jordan, do you know where you are? Well, I just, for one, I think I need to see it again. Are you confused two, right this now? This is also the first like genuine conversation I'm having with somebody, like an at length conversation with somebody since I've seen it, and I think this is it's going to help me figure it out. Yeah, Jordan's been hiding in a pit for the last ten I days. Know. We're this the first sewer. I know. I know that <laughs> is what you're I didn't to say. hate it, and I know that like I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad I saw it. As a result, I, I know for a fact I'm going to have to see it again outside. at some point. Like knowing now <laughs> what it is exactly. <laughs> Jordan, Jordan actually just fell asleep and thought he saw the movie. The first like five you minutes had a you understand just you wild dream. Some, he didn't even go to the theater. No, no, I just fell asleep in the parking lot, um, <laughs> just like normal. Just like normal. <laughs> no, I. It's. I mean, I'm curious to talk about specific scenes and specific moments. Um, cause it's like, again, I don't, let me ask you yeah. this. Were you, were you, uh, cause I think that Ari Aster is, uh, as far as we can tell these, his first two movies, not in a bad way, but were like plotty. They were like plot. Yeah. Re- they were reliant on a plot, like a reason yeah. for being there. And not to say that Bo is afraid doesn't have a, a very strong plot and a very simplistic plot of, uh, going to see mommy. But, um, no, I don't did think you, so. Were you expecting more of. A plot well, maybe, to make maybe sense a little bit for you. I, I think head. it was more of just I Were you didn't expecting know what to expect. that challenge, that I little didn't... maze that it puts you in. The first forty minutes, the first forty of the minutes of the movie definitely had me like all the way in, and after that, I just 
kind well, of great expectations. I my didn't friend. hate uh, what I was seeing, and and it was still interesting, and there's still moments that I enjoyed. Oh, but like that God. first forty minutes, where sh- where you're just kind of like getting your bearings, I thought was like absolutely fucking phenomenal. Yes, I I agree, I, and I've heard other people kind of mention that unprompted as well that. There's something about that first 45 minutes or so that's just incredible. Uh, storytelling, uh, visually, the blocking, the, like just the choreography of everything involved. Because it, the movie wastes no time in telling you that it's kind of this lifted reality. Yes. It, is, it is very sur- surrealist. Yeah, that was definitely my favorite part of the movie. But it's... it's and it's, it's the funniest part of the movie, I think. Yeah, yeah. But without the other aspect of the movie, it, it's it loses its punch, I think, and it loses its like greater uh, impact beyond just like a fun cinematic experience. Sean, what did you yeah. think of Bo Is Afraid? You've been drooling in the corner this whole time. Uh, 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 I loved it. I actually really, really enjoyed oh. it, and I wasn't sure, obviously. I don't. I don't like to hear too much of people's opinions prior to seeing the movie. I don't want to like be swayed one way or the other. Although I, I did, I do really like Ari Aster a lot, and and I think he's done some really great stuff. I mean, I think Hereditary is like one of the greatest horror films ever made. Uh, Midsummer is also great in, in its own right, and it, like you said, John, those first two are are more, I don't know, plot based, like more narrative. Whereas I can see that there is there is a story in Bo's Afraid, and I think again there is kind of this genius to the simplicity of like the overarching plot of this movie, but it is it does remind me of you know like Wizard of Oz Ooh. or like the Odyssey yes. or something like that where you're having this yes. very strange like this this man is on a journey, yeah. and and this journey is frantic and dark and funny and violent and chaotic and strange super fucking strange naked naked but i i I feel like if you if you go into that movie and you just disregard like an explanation for everything if you just accept that there isn't an answer for why this choice is made it's just a, a choice that was made and sometimes i think those moments were some of the standout sequences like you know certain shots where like a person is staring at him a certain way or yeah. or even from the beginning like you know the opening title starts with him being born right yes yes and then we follow him all opening sequence really great yeah. and then all the way up until the end and the end of the the movie is his him dying Mm-hmm. He's he's drowning. So we see the cycle of his life kind of and mm-hmm. his struggle throughout and in the end, you know, he kind of <laughs> I don't I don't know what you people expected the ending to be. Like if it was gonna be like, Well, he woke up from a dream or he's just on too much medication. It's like none of none of that levity is given to you as the audience, which I think Well, Ari's never given a, that to I, us anyway. You know what I mean? Right. And I think a lesser film filmmaker would not be able to accomplish that and have me still really, really like the movie. Right. But I, I think it's just all the choices that he makes throughout are so compelling and can be like maybe overanalyzed quite a bit. Mm. And even even the sequence where he's imagining that his life was different and he had a family and it's this really kind of cool animated uh, sort of. Sur- surreal moment 
uh, where we just see kind of his life, his the alternate mm-hmm. version of his life where he was happy for a while. But <laughs> even then, his family was taken away from him at yeah. some point. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, there's it's Bo is sort of cursed. Yeah. There's there's no there's no escape for him except the end, which is death. You know, and and it's not a happy it's ending even either. It, it's like it's not. He didn't live to be no. an old man. Yeah. But no. he does. He does ultimately accept it. I think he, right. in the performance. Agree. If 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 I have to, yeah, yeah, make that call, right? Because it's not explicit. But I think I think he accepts his fate mm-hmm. and he accepts the death uh, at the moment that it's uh, boats about to flippy. Because um, he's 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 his greatest fear has come true. He's like um, he's, he's disappointed his mother, right? Which right. is I think the driving force of his character throughout. Every, the whole reason he's trying to get to this funeral is he, he feels like he would be disappointing his mother if he didn't. And it turns out it's a whole ruse by his mother and some insane Just abusive him. tactic. And right. and shout out to both Patty Lupone and Zoe Lister Jones who uh, yeah. plays his mom at two different, you know, Zoe Lister's young, uh, what is it, Mona. Um, both mm-hmm. of them do an amazing job of selling a maniacal mother alliteration right yes Uh, and it's it's sort of uh you know weird and abusive and sexual in a weird way like there's certain moments that are are very cringy but it's it's like clearly he's very psychologically abused and his whole life is his no matter where he goes he can't escape his mother like the mw logo the genius of this i think is that even in the title credits the yes. MW logo is, is like a production company credit, and everywhere in the movie you see the MW logo all over because the place. Because he was he goes. was the poster boy for oh. Mona Wasserman, yeah. whatever, whatever. She's a conglomerate, right? Like she, she she's, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's right. She does everything, and Bo was her little poster child. And he he that kid that plays young Bo, uh, I got his name Armin. Uh, oh, thank God! Nahapitian. I don't know. I'm sorry, I butchered I that. You were gonna, I, I thought you were going to butcher that for a second. He looks like he doesn't look like he doesn't look real. No, he he looks no, like no. a de-aged Joaquin Phoenix. It's kind of scary in a yeah. weird way. <laughs> but it, it yeah, cool. that stuff was super trippy. That whole sequence on the beach and like yes. the the tableau, and you can kind of see how it's slowly introducing these different modes of filmmaking, right? Where it's it's like it's becoming animated then it becomes very stage like like a theater you know mm. coming from like a very familiar and realistic environment of a you know random apartment in random city yeah yeah because i think even the city is not explicitly named like where he is you know the uh, yeah I don't the think town so. she lives in his name is like wasser town you know it's named it's after all her, sort of this, seemingly right yeah yeah and, and so I mean, it is really like a nightmare that just happens to be extremely funny to me at times. Like, yeah, I, I did not expect yeah, this to is his most explicitly funny movie. I would agree. It's weird because it's about tragedy and, you mm-hmm. know, mental yeah. illness and all these things. But it is it has these moments where you're just like, God damn it. I don't know if it's how bizarre th- what the, the bizarre circumstances are that are making this that funny or it's just. Really great performances from all the actors in the movie well, too. It's just really strange. The, the <laughs> yeah. whole sequence, and I I loved this sequence. Amy Ryan and Nathan Lane, like they they yeah. uh, hit Bo with their 
van uh at like one of the more more like insane moments of the first act where oh <laughs> i love that when he's getting into the tub like his balls you see his balls throughout and they're gigantic yeah. just a great yeah. sight gag but yeah amy ryan and nathan lane who like take him in and like basically try to make him a surrogate son right like hold mm-hmm. him against as well like those two performances are insane in the best way i that it's whole so scene the sequence with the family overall is yes. kind of i mean it, it's just as insane as anything else in that movie but the ptsd veteran that's living in the trailer outside that seems to be hunting him and, yeah who's there for basically you know, the, <laughs> most of the rest of the movie maybe not to the very end but yeah right and, and there's like these interesting moments where i'm not i'm like clearly ariaster is making some commentary at times but it's also like so fast and loose sometimes that you're like i don't know yeah there's a commentary here but i don't know if necessarily we need to overanalyze it but i did find it really funny the whole time they're telling everybody that this man is a hero like oh yeah you know even though he shot most of his uh platoon mates when he was overseas and he went crazy and just like left fled the scene they're like but he is a hero right and they keep saying that over <laughs> right. and over yeah and it's like really kind of instilling this bizarre reality with like like just hyper america it's like right. america turned up to 11 and I mean, all the worst it's parts almost, are sort of glorified. It's still almost too real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it did that really cool magic trick of being surrealist and kind of not following any rules, but yet just turning the mirror right back on reality in like a really one-to-one fashion. And, and that was like kind of the moment of like, all right, I, I, I'm into this, was like right at the end there, that final shot of him flipping under the boat and then it just hangs on that for the entire title sequence. And you're sitting there with your frustrations, but also trying to make sense of what you just watched. Like that ending sequence is super cryptic yeah. in the moment yes, when you're seeing yeah. it for the first time. And but then all of a sudden you start noticing people are getting up in the the audience, uh, the audience, and like slowly meandering out. And you're like, ah, like any attempt to critique this uh, or like pick it apart or pull it apart is just playing into its intention. Sure. And so it has this really mm. cool loop, I think, that you can't really like That's get cool. out of. And it's a, it's a, it's like a fantastic movie exercise and sort of a tableau of right now. Like I kept thinking about generations from now or decades from now. Like, what are our kids or our grandkids going to think of this movie in terms of what it what it means about the current moment we live in? Well, right? I, uh, you know? I did hear because Martin Scorsese is a huge fan of this movie. Um, Marty uh, Party and or Ari Aster in general, and I will say, like even talking about it right now, I'm just like, man, I think I I do like this movie. I just I need to see it again. One, but anyway, um, yep. Scorsese was talking about like we got we got a fan, folks. <laughs> <laughs> you got me. Um, but he was talking about him. when um, Barry Lyndon premiered uh, Stanley Kubrick's movie. Mm, like, yeah, the reception was very similar in that like there was almost almost outrage like not real outrage but just like what what did i just watch what was that and it was like because it's just yeah, something big so, waste of money uh, <laughs> but like it's something that's just so unique and original and its own thing that like a, a majority of quote unquote the normies just like can't even you know what i thought barry Lyndon kind of sucked <laughs> <laughs> but i just thought that yeah. was really interesting and i was like that that's a really good quote especially for that movie or a good comparison i guess just because I mean, this movie is, if nothing else, like wholly original. Yeah, and I, yes. I think he doesn't apologize for any yeah. of the artistic choices no. that he makes he. throughout because, no, I don't think so. And I, I think know, he should apologize. Reading and listening to some interviews with him, just saying like, "Hey, like, 
I don't even really want to try to explain this movie because it's not necessarily meant to be explained. It's like right. you can kind of ascribe your no, own the whole... uh, ideals to it or, or what's going on in your life at this moment. This is, this is more important or relevant to you because it, it is again, it's like there are these moments throughout that can re- we can all relate to in a weird way. Totally. Um, but then it just like amps it up to a point where you start to feel almost like anxious watching it. And yeah, I, I think it's very effective. There's not a lot of like, not everybody can do that with their movies or make oh, you yeah, physically sure. feel a certain thing yes. that isn't happiness or, you know, like his, usually, his ability to conjure dread is kind of unmatched. It's unparalleled. And I like just that, that opening yeah. scene of the baby yes. being born and that conversation of like, did you drop my baby? Yeah. You're oh. just like, Oh, you're like gut starts, you know, like turning. It, it's that same feeling you had at the the beginning of Midsummer for sure, and uh, other red, points of that film. Hereditary, uh, for sure. definitely hereditary. Hereditary, right smack dab in the middle. They were, char- yes, like Woo-wee. the the control that this guy has over tone and and this medium is really, uh, I mean, impressive for lack of a better word. Like he, this guy yes. knows exactly what his most doing. impressive. Love it. Yeah. I love it. And you know what? I think I really yeah. like Jordan this likes movie. It. I do. I need to see it again because I'm going to have a better grasp on it. But, um, I mean, well, do we have any concept of what uh, what uh, other people are thinking of it? Um, I know the budget was around, uh, I think, thirty five million, mil. which is uh, a big jump for Ari. Uh, Hereditary was ten, and I, I don't think uh, Midsommar was much more, maybe twenty, but. Um, you see every mm. penny on screen. One, two, three. Um, yeah, this movie's gorgeous, and like, there's multiple sequences that are ju- like not just sets or locations, but a mix of animation and live action. It's uh, it it looks gorgeous. Um, and odd- oddly enough, I mean, th- it's like a seventy two percent on Rotten Tomatoes, but like even the audience reaction, a lot of people thought this was going to be like an F cinema score, right? Like up there with mm. Mother uh-huh. uh, and whatever else. And I think. This has got like a B, like a C or something. Like the audience reaction yeah. is is better than I think people thought it was going to be. To yeah. that point, so I um this specifically like because it costs thirty five million. Spit at, it out. At the moment, it's grossed about five, uh, six worldwide. <gasps> so no, this movie's not making money. <gasps> but it's one of those things where one, you're pleasing Ari Aster, a, a huge filmmaker of the moment, right? You're letting him do what he wants to mm-hmm. do. But also the theatrical model, like th- uh, streaming versus theatrical, theatricals really come out on top mm-hmm. uh, in the last year. And the fact that this movie has been released theatrically, mm-hmm. maybe it grosses nothing. You put it on VOD in a couple of weeks. That's where it makes all the money because mm-hmm. it was a, yeah. th- you, you make more money. Movie. <laughs> exactly. But you make a theatrically released movie is worth more on VOD. Like more people will watch it because it was in theaters oh, versus if it's just right. a streaming premiere. Does that make sense? Yeah. Cause like, Oh yeah, no, we've we talked it. about I that. Got it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's just sort of like, you know, circle jerk for the studios. It is, but like, it's uh, also cool. It makes it okay for some of the studios to take risks. Like same thing with the Northman that, that movie made money on VOD. Yeah. And like these, these I mean, auteurs that's, and that's are the whole to, video model. Exactly. It's, but it's just cool that like these guys are able to take big swings with decent budgets and make something really unique and weird. I, yes. I'm so, I'm all about it. That that's, you know, like whether you think this movie is boring or, or too challenging, right. it's, you can't deny how cool it is that uh, A24 spent money on this thing because I, I think it'll have a, a really strong future. Yes. I think it'll be kind of a 
a cult classic yes. in, in, in some kind of uh, fashion. I think uh, so. It'll just be like a really interesting addition to his body of work. Yes. Yeah. You know, I, I do, as an audience member, like to be challenged by a movie from mm-hmm. time to time. I, it's not always uh, in their favor, but I think that if I can walk out of a, of a movie and be thinking about it and, and considering what moments could mean, whether it, it was even a thought and the director's exactly. mind is, yeah. is a lot of fun. And I think that's one of the best things about seeing a cool movie or a fresh like take on what cinema is. And I think he kind of... Yes kind of nailed it and uh, i really really dug it yeah it's a really cool way to uh cleanse your palate of like hyper quick content that we're normally used to mm-hmm. you know yeah. it's like a really good meditative cinematic experience where you're gonna feel the, the full spectrum of emotions yeah but then it also has kind of this social media frantic kind of element to it mm-hmm. you know yeah. with how much it's just changing realities over and over and over again and, and sort of moving at its own pace were his other movies nommed <clears throat> none of them for any did oscar pay them a visit no, nothing no, no none of them tony did nope it, anthony it was a very Colette. big controversy that she didn't get nominated that year because uh just about everyone was like that is an oscar worthy performance except the academy no his his bring back the slapping the, the level he's at is oscar worthy for sure i mean this dude's at the top of his game three movies in like no doubt you know flipping it into high gear here uh i'm hitting the nos button was it as entertaining as jared leto's uh wardrobe at the met gal cat man this year you're talking about cat what do we think I'm okay. I'm talking about 30 seconds to Catman, folks. That's right. Jared Leto made it, uh, another famous appearance at the Met Gal, but this year uh, there was a little change. Uh, he wasn't invited. He wasn't invited, <laughs> mm-hmm. and he showed up unannounced in a um, head-to-toe cat costume. Yes, uh, and he uh, was stopped by security at the front, and he said, "I'm a stray cat. Take me in. Give me milk." He kept and he, like, looked back at his camera crew. <laughs> yeah, he he was actually speaking in hiss. Um, yeah. as, as the true meta actor that, or, uh, sorry, uh, method, uh, method actor that he is. And, uh, he was spraying the security guards with, uh, an unknown substance. Again, I will, uh, uh, draw the jurors attention back to the fact that he is a method actor and is probably real cats, cat, uh, mist. It did, what, what's mist. The, uh, it did mist smell the perfect word. Cat it mist. did smell pretty horrific, as uh, from oh, what I'm yeah. told. Oh, it was venomous, um, for sure. From what I'm told, shut up! I saw you in the audience too. Well, I was there. I was hoping to catch a little bit of a little a bit mist. of mist, and but once I got it into my eyes, I realized it wasn't an act, and I kind of he had manifested it, it mist. Scared, it scared me a little bit. Honestly, well, we're hoping that he, uh, by the time we record the next episode, have he will have back. been uh, released from prison to <laughs> oh. to be able to explain what what exactly happened at this year's <laughs> Met Gal. Wow.